Welcome into Uncovering Success. Today we've got our first returning guest, friend of the program, Matt Benson, here with us. And he's had a lot of stuff go on in his life since then, and we're best of friends. So I'm excited to, to have him on today and, and see what's good with him. I can't believe that I have the honor of being the first returning guest. The first I don't know if I'm one. worthy. Uh, we'll see. We'll find we'll out. Into You're it. right. <laughs> So something big that's happened in your life since we last did the podcast was you had the honor of becoming a Forbes 30 under 30 guest, an honor that a lot of people look up to be and want to be in that category. So for you, what just initial first thoughts, that's a huge accomplishment, proud of you and excited to to talk with you about it a little. Thanks, man. I'm excited for it as well it's an honor it's not something that i thought that uh, i do ex- at this age but it's mm-hmm. it's funny that it happens and and you look back and it's like man nothing nothing about me changed <laughs> there's a couple of things that have changed in my life like that it's it's funny how important it is to some people but in reality no different of a person it's just really cool and, and i am honored and but i look at it as a, as a team win really i mean yeah we, i would have had the opportunity to, to even be nominated if it wasn't for the success of, of efuse and and that doesn't happen without the team so mm-hmm. it's been a blessing and, and an honor yeah so how do you even um like apply to be a forbes 30 under 30 or do they reach out to you when did you kind of figure out that you were going to be a forbes 30 under 30 well, it actually, you, 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 somebody else submits for you. So I didn't even know it was happening until uh, I got reached out to. I think it was my, uh, the Ohio Innovation Fund, one of my investors mm. that had submitted my name. And then my PR firm got involved. And then long story short, I didn't find out about it until I was a finalist. And then uh, they started asking me questions. It's like, okay, you might have a real shot here. I was like, oh, wow. cool. So it kind of all transpired over the course of, I think, that came out in November of, of 2020 or December of 2020, I can't remember. And I found out a month or two before that I was even in the running. So it happened pretty quick. Yeah, that's that's incredible. What was the day like when you uh, found out about it? It was announced and I'm sure a lot of people were hitting you up. Yeah, man, just got a lot of love and it's it was it was just cool. People I hadn't talked to in in years, but people that uh, I really respect and and people that I never thought would reach out, mentors of mine that I've, Mm -hmm. I've created in the space and even people that uh, I've never had a chance to talk to. It was just really cool to get that that love from so many people that I love and just to get words of encouragement. It's one of those things that it's a day you never forget, um, yeah. but it's also one where you got to you gotta turn the page the next day. So it was a good day, but, but um, yeah, just really blessed. Absolutely. That's sweet. I know. I, I mean, I had the honor of celebrating with you that night. We went out That's and right. got you dinner. You took care of me. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that, 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 that was, was fun. fun yeah, for sure. And um, I'm sure, too, it, it's kind of cool to look back. I know you're not a guy that likes to sit back and look on what you've done, but but to get to that point and see that accomplishment has to have felt pretty good. Yeah, man, again, it was just such a blessing and such an honor, and, and I never thought that it would happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just really cool, and, and you got to turn to the next page, right? Like, what's next? Yeah. P- oh, good. mutual friend of ours, Patrick Klein, PK, yeah. always has the, uh, the saying, what's next? So that's, that was my mentality the next day. Exactly. So for those that didn't get a chance to hear our first podcast we did, season one, first of all, go check that out. But a little bit about eFuse, quick overcap. What is eFuse, the company you started and founded? Yeah, in short, eFuse is a, a LinkedIn for esports and gaming. So it's the mm-hmm. place where gamers come to meet, compete, and be discovered. And essentially what happens is you come onto our platform as a gamer. You register with your in-game credentials. We pull in your stats. We pull up any highlight clips you have. 
we create this persona or this resume of you as a gamer, and then we allow mm -hmm. you to utilize that to find other gamers that play similar games, have similar interests, and or find different types of opportunities like scholarships, jobs, team openings, tournaments, kind of you name it. Uh, yeah. We create the ecosystem for that. So we launched it January 2nd, 2020. Over the course of the last year, scaled it to over 500,000 people, and it's been a wild ride. Just That's getting started, awesome. hopefully. Yeah, for sure. So moms and dads out there, you know, your son can get a college scholarship in gaming for, for playing Fortnite all night. In fact, oh. we had, it was over $300,000 worth of scholarships just last year alone that were given away through the eFuse platform. So wow. there's a ton of opportunity out there, a ton of scholarships are becoming available. There's over 300 varsity programs in the, across mm -hmm. the nation out here in the States. And it's just, it's just getting bigger. So That's instead awesome. of telling your kid to get outside, tell him to stay, yeah. on the, stay on the PC or stay on the console. I'm sure for you too, that that $300,000 number means a lot more to you than the Forbes 30 under 30 does because I know you love the word impact and, and what that means. And, and so to be able to have that impact and help others get to their goals, get college paid for, whatever it is, I'm sure that's a big deal to you. It, well, it is. It is. And I think that before we even launched, we came up with this tagline for the gamers, hashtag mm -hmm. for the gamers. So when we launched on January 2nd, eFuse alone committed to giving away $100,000 worth of scholarships and, and opportunities oh, through the platform. And as a startup, that's a scary thing to do. But you, you commit to doing that and you create this tagline for the gamers, but you have to live it out every single day. And over the course of last year, we got to see that, see that mm -hmm. happen. And there were so many lives that were changed, so many opportunities that were given. And it's so cool to see these people that have a passion for gaming be yeah. able to either turn that into a profession or turn it into some sort of profit so they can keep it going. That's sweet. That's awesome. So one thing that I'm interested in hearing more about, and I'm sure a lot of other people are, is with any startup, especially early on, you got to raise money. You got to raise funds and, and the process of, of trying to go about raising, whether it's venture capital, getting investors, whatever it is, I'm sure that's tough. I obviously don't know what that's like, and so I'm interested to, to hear from you. What are what is trying to raise money for a startup, for a small business? What does that process look like? Yeah, it's it's a different process at different levels. So in the early days, really what people are investing in are you. So you have an mm -hmm. idea, they have to believe in the market opportunity, but they're, at the end of the day, there's really nothing to show for it. When we first raised money for eFuse, which was 2.3 million, um, we didn't have a product, we had zero users. Uh, we had an yeah. idea and we had a, a, a great team around us and uh, the investors in the early days were betting on that team and myself to be successful. Mm -hmm. So they put this money into us and, and you, you, you get it over the first line and you start to have some success. But then the next fundraise is all about, they don't care about you as much. Yeah. <laughs> it's more about uh, what success did you have? There's numbers to back it up. There's data to look at. So did you say what you, or did you do what you said you were going to do? Mm -hmm. did, you, did you surpass that? And are you still um, the same founder that can take it to the next level? So the early stages, it's can you go from zero to one? Now he fuses in the stage of can we go from one to 10? And eventually we'll go from 10 to 100. Mm -hmm. And each one of those levels is a different type of fundraiser and a different type of team. So at the, the early stage, when you're raising that money, uh, it's, it's really about finding people that believe in you, building relationships with those people, going out and grabbing yeah. drinks, having dinner, and just giving them insight into who you are, what you believe in, and, and what your vision for the company is. But it's also a numbers game at the same time. You have to realize that in those early days, you're going to get a lot of no's. I mean, I probably talked to 150 people 
the first round and 20 of them became investors. So yeah. it's a lot of people to have dinner and have drinks with and talk to. <laughs> Not everyone I had dinner and drinks with, but a lot of people that you talk to and you get a lot of no's and it can be discouraging, especially mm-hmm. early on. But you get a few small wins, you stack a few. It's, it's much easier after you get some money in just to raise more money. So we do that. Um, fortunately, get that 2.3 million in, build the business, have some success. And then the second fundraise, one thing that I learned is you, you have to build those relationships before you go to the next level because mm-hmm. uh, usually your investors have different levels of, of check size they can write. Somebody that writes a million dollar check can be very different from somebody that writes a 25K check, right? So you have to build those new relationships before you, the time that you actually need to raise. So mm-hmm. investing in that, still going out for dinner and drinks, still building a relationship is important, but also being able to back into the metrics and show that you really understand not only what you did, but how you got there. What are the things that, that actually drove the business to be successful? So just a little insight into how I think yeah. about the fundraise. And um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be, it never really ends. You're always fundraising. Yeah. You're, always, you're always telling the story. So here in a couple months, probably a little longer, maybe six to nine months, uh, mm-hmm. go out and raise another round too. That's awesome. And I mean, that's interesting too, because in my last podcast I did with Mike Alina, he said the same thing. We had the same conversation about... Um, you never know what's coming next. You never know what's down the road and um, what avenues you're going to have to go down, but it's important to always continually be building those connections and you never know when those are going to pay off. And sometimes they might not pay off monetarily, but you know, it's great to get to know people and have friends that you can lean on and people that are there, whether they're going to support your business or not. It's still good to have those connections and those relationships. And I think one thing I'll, I'll just add on to there is it has to be authentic, right? Like people mm-hmm. know when you're going into a conversation and it's transactional. If you're just there to get their money and you don't care about them as a person, they're never going to believe in you and you're never going to establish that real relationship. So I think it's extremely important that you have authenticity when you go into a conversation. You can't look at it as numbers. You have to mm-hmm. go in and say, this is a real person that happens to have money that I want to be involved in my business. And there's, op- there's times as an entrepreneur where you have to make a decision. The person may be a terrible person and they're just not nice and you don't want to do business with them, but they have money. Mm-hmm. There'll be times where you have to say, okay, do I take the money just because mm-hmm. it's money or do I, I go and say no and go find somebody that I have a real relationship with? And I'm proud to say that, that our team is, has always been the team that says, we're going to choose the real relationships and we're going to do things the right way in our words, the elite way, yeah, and uh, revalue relationships over transactions. That's awesome. I, I love that. What about, um, you know, you've had some big-time investors, professional athletes and whatnot. For you getting to meet those people, even go to dinner, have drinks, whatever with them, was there like a, a surreal moment or was it just, you know, hey, they're another person just like I am. It's fun to hang out with. Yeah, so the, one of the first athletes I met was Braxton Miller, and mm-hmm. I grew up watching Braxton play, and, and yeah. he's not that much older than I, but uh, it, was, it was my first starstruck moment, if you will. But when you realize Braxton's a great dude, he busts his butt, he's a great father, he's a great businessman, um, but what you realize in having conversations with him is he's just a normal person too, and, mm-hmm. and we're all trying to figure this life thing out together. So once you have that perspective, from then on out, as I've met more people, um, both celebrities and, and, and non, uh, you, you come to find out that we're all in this road of life together and, and mm-hmm. it becomes less of like a starstruck mentality. So now I've been able to meet with OBJ and meet with Zeke Elliott and Seth Curry and those conversations just, um, they're just conversations, right? Yeah. And that's really what they are. And, and um, it's been a really humbling experience, but also a really cool one too, because you get to meet some cool people and, and everybody's got different perspective on life. But as long as you yeah. remember, we're all human and we're all trying to figure it out. 
conversations become a lot easier. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Um, so to look at eFuse on the bigger scale and the, the sport of gaming, is there maybe one or two up-and-coming gamers that you're watching right now that you think might be able to be the next ninja or make it big time? That's hard. There's a lot of talented gamers out there. They're probably like eight or nine, the ones that are going to be the next, the next ninja. There's a lot of really cool content creators that I'm a fan of. One of the individuals um, that I actually went to school with down at OU is a woman by the name of Maddie. Uh, Maddie Forrest is her real name, but Maddie NF is her gamer tag. And she's actually uh, working full time for the Dallas Cowboys esports nice. team uh, called Complexity. She moved down to Dallas. She's from New York originally. And she's absolutely crushing it, is really taking off. She plays Fortnite in some war zone. But I have a big belief in her, partly because I know her as a, as a real person, but also uh, just the way she's grown and the way she treats her community. She's, she's really incredible. So Maddie NF. And then also one that I think is just hilarious uh, is a guy named Legion. He spells it L-E-G-I-Q-N. And uh, he just got picked up by the Florida Misfits, a Call of Duty team. Uh, but he is one of the funniest people I've ever met. It's just so organic and, and authentic. Uh, I think that over the next couple of years, he's really going to pop off and, and um, excited to see what he can do. But he's played some of our events and is a really nice guy, too. That's awesome. Well, shout out to Maddie NF and Legion with a Q. That's sweet. It, it's, it's cool to see those people up and coming. Just like, I mean, you've obviously impacted a lot of people growing up and seen them become who they are. But... You know, to see them in the grassroots and know that they're going to have a chance to be special it has to be pretty cool. For sure, for sure. We, one of my favorite stories that has happened since we last talked is, is we launched a service called Pipeline. And essentially Pipeline, you can think of it like an ESPN Top 100, but for gamers. Um, what we've done with that is basically started to spin up uh, combines or recruitment combines for high school kids where college coaches can come in and recruit them. We had a combine probably two months ago at this point. And we had the, the head coach at Boise State come in, and we had this kid that ended up getting recruited and got a full-time offer through the combine. But it's things like that wow. where this kid's been busting his butt for a long time and, and finally gets an opportunity to be in front of a coach. Happened through the EFUSE platform and through one of our combines, and now he's playing at Boise State on a, on a scholarship. Wow. That's sweet. That, that's awesome to hear. What about to take it away a little bit from eSports and EFUSE, when you look back at maybe when you were a senior in high school, freshman in college, 18 years old, what is one tip that you would give yourself or give someone out there right now that's 18, 19, either in college, just getting out of school for the next five years of their life and, and something that they should be looking for, looking to do, whatever it is. What's one tip for an 18-year-old? Try as much as you can. I'm one of the people that I can be in a classroom a long time and I can learn that way sometimes, mm -hmm. but most times the best way I learn is to just learn by the fire and get out there. So my advice is always just test as much as you can, take the random internship, go work for free, go do a crazy adventure and yeah. just taste as much as you can, try as much as you can because that's the real way you're going to find out what you're passionate about and what you love. And I was fortunate that uh, I had a family that instilled that in me and I was able to take some risks early on and try a lot of really cool stuff and I quickly mm -hmm. figured out what I, I didn't want, which was a corporate job where somebody told me what to do and, and a lot of bureaucracy. Uh, but I was mm -hmm. able to find out that I, I love velocity and fast moving companies and I like being my own boss and, and surrounding myself with a great team. And 
and from that it allowed me to eventually take the leap of faith to, to start EFU. So I would just yeah. always point back to try as much as you can, learn as much as you can, and that's the best way to, to find what you're passionate about and what you're going to do long term. How would you and how do you instill you know your mindset of you don't want to work for anyone and you want kind of that that thing that's not quite a hierarchy? How do you bring that to EFUs? It's a great question, and I, I think about it as we're hiring the best of the best. We're hiring A players, and there's a Steve Jobs quote that's something along the lines of I'd rather have uh, one A player than three Bs. Mm-hmm. And I very much so feel the same way. We want to hire the best of the best, and in doing that, you also have to give them. Uh, the trust to be able to execute and do their job well because they're very talented in many cases They're more talented than I am So it's providing the clarity of what the vision is and what the North Star is but then trusting them and empowering them to do their own job So when I think about eFuse, yes We have some bureaucracy you have to when you have an organization this big and there have to be decisions made at some point To go in a specific direction, but in mm-hmm. reality what we want to do is hire the best of the best give them the North Star to go towards and say, we trust you to get there and empower them as much as possible. So in theory, they're almost their own boss. They're figuring out they have a lot of authority over what they're doing on the day-to-day, and they mm-hmm. can pull in the team around them, the other eight players, uh, to go and accomplish that goal. Yeah. So it's almost like they are working for themselves within EFUSE. Yeah, and I know, I mean, a guy we've had on the podcast before, and I had just interviewed him like the week he got hired, Herb May, great dude, but he's one of those guys that you talk about that, that you can tell him to go somewhere and he's going to get there and you just kind of got to give him the that help along the way. Whatever help he needs, you're there for him. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I know firsthand that the guys you're hiring are A-plus players and, and they're the ones that you don't have to, you know, send them an itinerary for the day and tell them what they need to get done because you know they're going to do it. And I think, too, when you give them that freedom, they can come up with a lot of things that you would have never thought of or giving them the guidance and direction on. Is that right? Like, has that happened with Herb and guys like that that you've brought in? A thousand percent. And you have to, it can be hard, especially when this is your baby, right? Like, this is myself and I have a co-founder, Austin May. This is our baby. Mm -hmm. And you have a vision for what that baby will look like, but you also have to realize there's a lot of really smart people out there, and the people you're hiring are are just as smart, if not smarter. And -hmm. trusting them to take it to the next level is something that, is a learning curve. And if I'm, if I'm being honest, it was something that I struggled with early on. It was hard for me to, to let go of projects or let go of ideas because I just thought my bet was the best way. But what yeah. I realized in doing that and relinquishing some power and stop micromanaging so much and trusting the people that we put around us, we've been able to have a lot of success and, and they've, they've definitely come up with cool ideas. Herb is one of those people that you never have to coach effort. The guy will bust his butt and he knows everybody. So he's gonna always have mm-hmm. cool ideas, always have cool conversations. And there's been things uh, that have come to the table because of that. One of them is uh, we just put on an event called TP Trials, and TP is is one of the biggest uh, Call of Duty Warzone creators in the entire world. And because of a relationship that Herb had, his agents came back and said, hey, we, we want to partner with you guys to put on this event. So Herb brings that to the table, not something we were even thinking about. It wasn't on the roadmap, and it's now become yeah. a huge event for us. And just last week when we put it on, we had 70,000 unique people on eFuse watching it just because of that one conversation, that one relationship he had. So that's wow. a great example of, hey, you don't have to play in the box. If an opportunity comes in because of your ideas or the relationships you have, we're totally game for it. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's awesome. That's, that's sweet. That's what you want in, in people that are leading your company. I know a book that I've read that I know you've read um, recently is called The Lean Startup and how important it is to have a business or a company that can pivot quickly. Is that something that you feel like is true and, and is important? Because that was the main synopsis of the book is, is be able to 
take things that are coming at you and be able to change your vision quickly. Is that something that you've been able to do? And even though keeping that overarching vision in place? I think so. I'd like to think so at least. Yeah. I, I, there's kind of two principles that I would throw in there that we live by. And one is as a startup, your biggest asset is speed. There's companies that have hundreds of millions of dollars that they can throw out a problem, but they move really slow because they have that bureaucracy. As mm -hmm. a startup, it's let's go as fast as we can because that's our biggest asset. So the thing we say often is we want to be the best listeners and the quickest actors. And because of that velocity, we're able to put something out there, learn really quickly and build on it. And that's allowed us to get a leg up on the big companies or our competitors because we're just putting it out there, we're learning and we're, we're moving fast. So mm -hmm. we always talk about being the best listeners and the quickest actors and talking about being uh, our advantage, our competitive advantage is we can move quickly, big companies can't. So doing those two things can be crucial. And I think in the early days, we've been able to do that really effectively. It'll be interesting. I, I mean, it's something that I'm really proud of now, but as we grow, it's, it's harder to move that quick. There's a lot yeah. more people, there's a lot more communication that has to happen, but how do you maintain that throughout an organization is something that we're actively learning. Mm -hmm. I feel like a big part of that too is trust and the, the guys that are below you leading those teams that are doing all that, do you trust them enough to make the final decisions that you've been making the whole time? Yeah, you gotta trust people to make executive decisions and on the fly decisions because the reality is they're in conversations and they have contacts that I will never have. I was never mm -hmm. in those conversations. So you have to trust those people. And, and by the way, they're not always going to be right, and I'm not either, but yeah. you, you trust them. You, you trust them to learn. You trust them to iterate. And in doing that, that velocity is what ultimately what sets you apart. That's what set us apart so far. Hopefully that's what continues yeah, to do that. For sure. And I'm sure through a lot of that, you've had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of down days, a lot of up days. Um, what for you has kind of kept you level um, during those downtimes, during those highs, maybe it was Forbes 30 under 30, or maybe you didn't get a deal that you wanted, whatever it is, what has it been for you that's kept you on that even path? Yeah, early on, it's something I, I really struggled with, and I, I say it often, but startups give you the highest highs and the lowest lows, mm -hmm. and the lows are really dark. And uh, when you're at the, in theory, the top of the pecking order on, order and being the CEO and the founder, it, it can be really lonely. I mean, there's nobody else but you to point at at the end of the day when there's an issue. It, it all falls back on you. But what I've really rallied around is having great mentors that have been there and done that. They can give me insight into how to cope, but also finding routines and also trusting and knowing that at the end of the day, I'm busting my butt and I'm doing it for the right reasons. And even if a company failed tomorrow and we ran out of money and everything just went to mm -hmm. shit, I would yeah. feel comfortable and confident in the fact um, that, that we did things the right way, <clears throat> excuse me, that we did things the right way and that um, we impacted people along the way. And yeah. if, and if you, I can look at, go to bed at night thinking those two things and knowing those two things, that's cool. Matter. That's a cool perspective. I like that. Has, has your faith, I know you're a man of faith, has, has that come into effect at all and played a part? For sure, for sure, Ab absolutely. There's a, there's a great Steve Jobs quote that I love that's you can't connect the docs looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards and you have to trust in something. And my trust is in God, is in my Lord. And, mm -hmm. and I've really kind of narrowed into to my Christian faith and found comfort in, in a community that also believes that. But just having routines that allow me to, to dive into that. So reading my Bible daily, going to church every week, uh, having a pastor friend that I can call at mm, least once a great week. Great guy. Yeah, and just, and just chat through. So... Um, definitely faith has been something that's been important to me and, it, and it's just given me a, 
a trust and, and faith and that things will work out if I put in the work and I, I do things the right way and whatever that ends up being, I'm, I'm comfortable with yeah. and confident in because I know it's, it's for the right reasons. It's awesome to see sometimes God's vision get played out. And, and a lot of times it's a vision that you never saw or you didn't know was around the corner. Whatever that may be, it's, it's really cool to see those visions played out. And I'm sure you've had a lot of, of those visions come to fruition, like we were talking about before, where sometimes you got to pivot quickly to something that's going to help the company that you didn't see before. And I'm, I'm sure God's blessed you in, in those ways as well. Yeah, there's visions you see and there's visions you don't see, right? Yeah. And I had a, I had a conversation literally this morning with another founder here in Columbus. He was just talking about, he was in a really dark place. They had just gone through hell. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he was unable to raise money. He was in a really bad place. And uh, literally a week later, when he thought it was, he was going to have to close the doors, some random angel investor came to the table and said, hey, I'm, I'm willing to, to help fund you and take it to the next level. And from, then from there, he's been able to cascade it into a number of different things. But there were times where he wanted to shut it down. And he's like, I just believed and had faith that this was the thing that, was, that God put on my heart and that I need to stick with it. And then literally out of nowhere, he gets a cold email saying, hey, I heard about your company. I'd love to talk to you. And wow. it transpires into being an investment. And it's things like that. I've had moments like that as well, where you just you don't know where else to turn, and um, out of nowhere, God picks up you and the cross and carries you to the next level, and, and a, a great opportunity comes to fruition. Yeah, man, that's sweet. That's an awesome story, and and really cool to hear. So, a question I'm sure that you're not prepared for, and um, I'm, I'd like to discuss, but you're an eligible bachelor. What does the dating life look like for you as someone that, you know, hasn't been in a relationship in a little bit and, you know, as you kind of get some success, um, what does dating life look like for you? And the reason I ask this is because on my last podcast, we had a conversation about it too and, and what that looks like at different parts of life. And so I'm interested to hear just kind of what that process is like for you. It's pretty non-existent right now, if I'm being <laughs> honest, but it's, it's one of those things where it's weird how a little bit of success can change people. And um, I've been fortunate that I've had great mentors to kind of help me look out for it. But there, there are certain people that have come into my life that don't want anything mm-hmm. more than the success or the money that we've been fortunate to have at this stage. But I think one of the things that I think about is right now, my wife is EFUSE. I mean, I'm, I'm busting my mm-hmm. butt every single day and I, I don't feel comfortable and confident that I can give somebody the attention that they deserve right now. So it's one of those things where there's a season for everything in life. And right now, the season of my life is busting my butt and trying to take this to the next level and, and doing it for the team and doing it for the community we're serving. Eventually, there'll be a season, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> where, where I find somebody and I'm able to settle down and have a family. That's something that's really important to me. But uh, not getting stressed about it. I mean, it, we're, we're young, right? We're yeah, super young. Absolutely. And we have so much life left to live. Understanding what season you're in and, and having faith and trust in, in God and, and, and what you're doing that uh, it'll eventually pan out. But it's one of those things I don't really stress about. But you have to be, I have become a lot more um, aware of the people that are coming into my life and, mm-hmm. and the reasons they're coming into it. Yeah. It's funny. I, I saw, a, I think it was a TikTok the other day and it was this guy that he was pretty well known, whether he was like a famous country singer or whatever, maybe a big content creator that had just kind of blown up. And the, the interviewee asked him, like, you're 24, 25, eligible right now. Like, why aren't you dating? And his response was that he didn't feel like he was um, a full man yet and fully mm-hmm. capable of 
treating a woman or a wife the right way yet. And, and once he got to that point then, and where he felt like he could provide for a woman, a family, whatever it was, that, that then he would be open to, to having those conversations and start looking. But right now, like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't something that he was stressing about. And, and like we had talked about earlier, God provides what you don't see sometimes. And, and you never know. Maybe your wife is, you're going to go meet her at dinner tonight after we're done. And, you know, maybe in a year from now you'll be married. And that's that new season. But, um, yeah, it's kind of cool to look back and, and see those things in perspective. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. So another question I have for you that I really want to know about, too, is we kind of talked about those highs and lows earlier. What are some expectations that you feel like are unfairly put on you or have been put on you? Um, whether it's through your success or, um, you know, maybe the way you grew up, whatever it is, what are expectations that you feel like either shouldn't be on you or aren't fair to maybe put on you? That's a great, very hard <laughs> question. I, I would say that I actually feel a lot of solace in the fact that there aren't, there are expectations on me, but I'm, I'm confident enough to brush them off and not really worry about them. The only expectations that are on me are the ones I put on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the hardest. And I think that one thing I've had to learn over the last couple, I mean, I guess it's been years at this point. It kind of sounds crazy to say it's <laughs> two, two and a half years. But over the last couple of years is having grace into myself. Um, it, not every day is going to be a great day in the sense of all the work I get done um, or the conversations I have or maybe I don't show up mentally ready for the day. I have bad days. Mm-hmm. Like there are days I'm not performing at the highest level. And I would used to really beat myself down because I have the expectation of I got to be the best in the room every single day. And uh, I think that one thing that I've learned is having that grace has really enabled me to be a better man and to understand the, the longer term of what we're building. It's, mm-hmm. not a, it's not something that happens overnight. I think we mentioned on the last podcast, or if not, we've, we've talked about it on the yeah. side, is this concept of stacking wins. And not every win that you stack every single day is going to be a home run. Mm-hmm. It's stacking those small wins and having trust and, and grace with yourself that as long as you show up, you put effort forward, and you do you treat people the right way, that if you do that every single day, that's a win. And having that grace to understand that is important. So it's less about the expectations that other people put on me. I, there are those for sure, yeah. but I don't put them as highly as others. Um, yeah. What have you learned um, through those expectations and those down days where you said you beat yourself up what have you learned maybe about your mindset or um, how things need to shift so that when you wake up the next day it's a good day for you yeah I think it's the beauty is you go to bed every single night and it's Mm -hmm. bright in the morning and and it's a new day right and it's it's one of those things where if you can set your frame of mind to be the turning of the page it can be really impactful, both good and bad, because mm-hmm. the day of Forbes 30 and 30 happens, right? You can be on the highest high. Next day happens, new chapter. Yeah. We lose a big client. We lose a deal. We have a terrible day on a tournament. That's a terrible day. I go to bed really mad, but beauty is the next day is a, is a mm-hmm. new page. So that concept of stacking the wins and turning the page is something that's really important to me and that has allowed me to kind of reset, but also finding specific routines. I think we talked about this a little bit before, but... Um, getting time to work out, making sure you're taking care of yourself. It's something that I've not always been good at. There, I have seasons of that where I'm terrible about yeah. eating, terrible about working out. 
But the more I find myself doing that, working out, taking care of myself from an eating and sleeping standpoint, finding good people to surround myself with and having conversations with, those are things that allow me to reset and, and also zoom out and think about the bigger picture, right? Another thing, since we, we brought up faith a few times, is, is investing in, in the Word or listening to gospel music or listening to a sermon. Those mm-hmm. are things that can just say, man, I'm, I'm such a, a small speck in this yeah. entire scheme that, yes, I need to contribute and pull my weight, but at the end of the day, this is so much bigger than me. And did I contribute? Yes. And if mm-hmm. I can go to bed at night saying, yes, I contributed to the greater good and to God's plan for the world, I'll sleep okay. Yeah. Who are some people that you listen to for stuff like that, like pastor-wise, maybe music-wise? What, what do you kind of turn to on that? I've really enjoyed, recently I've been on a, a Michael Todd kind of spree, talking about yeah. relationships. He's got a great, a great uh, book that I'm, I'm going to read on vacation, but I've been listening to the sermons about it. I think it's called Love, Sex, and Relationships, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really great. I would definitely recommend the sermons. I'll tell you how the book goes here in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I've, I found a, uh, back in my hometown, there's a, a church called Centerpoint mm-hmm. um, with Pastor Chris and uh, Pastor Kristen that I've really enjoyed going to. I, I grew up in a Catholic church, so it's a very different change of pace. This is a non-denominational church, a lot less yeah. routine or, or rituals, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. So I've really enjoyed that and been able to rediscover myself. But those those two are ones that I've been really in. And then I also am a big fan of Rock City, too. So when I get an extra oh, minute yeah. or two, be able to tune in. Chad's that. awesome. I, I love and one thing I've found from Chad and I've appreciated in hearing his messages is someone that's not afraid to tackle the tough questions in Christianity. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can go back and forth on and the world goes back and forth on. And for most pastors, it'd be easy to kind of overlook those and, and say what needs to be said to bring people in and grow their church. But, but for him, and I'm sure you've had the same thing with other pastors, it's, it's having those tough conversations about um, where are we at in our faith and, and the different answers that lie in the church. And so that, that's one thing I've really appreciated about Chad. And, and two, I think part of what you were kind of alluding to it, in being a healthy individual and, and being able to bounce back from those low days pretty quickly is being a healthy person. And I know one thing you're going through right now, I think it's called 3.1 and 31, or did I get that backwards? You got but, it right, um, 3.1 for 30. Yeah, what, uh, what is that right now? So I'm the kind of guy that if I don't have a goal to work towards, especially on the workout side of things, that I really struggle. Mm-hmm. And having that accountability is important for me. So one thing I, I came up with on a whim, I'm sure somebody else has done it before, uh, but just kind of re- recently spawned on me is this concept of doing 3.1 miles for 31 days straight and just knowing that some days I get in my own head, I'm like, man, I can skip a day. But uh, having this kind of consistency and putting it out there so the world can see it, it kind of creates that accountability. Yeah, I've right? seen it on your Instagram. Right. And- so my brothers have called me out <laughs> if I don't do it a day or, or my friends. So yeah. it's been cool to, to have somebody say, like, get up and go do it. Um, yeah. But long story short, it's, it's a way for me to, to mm-hmm. force myself uh, mentally and physically to go exercise. And, yeah been doing it i think i'm on day 12 now well, we had to push back the podcast today so you could get it in i know right? <laughs> I, i've been working all day we're gonna have dinner tonight i was like man we i know we might have a drink or two so we gotta yeah. go i gotta go get this in before that exactly um two one of the one of the great books i've read recently it was given to me by uh roger mace who we both know um great dude awesome guy one of the books he gave me was called the power of moments and um it, it's really cool because it takes you through like 
what makes a good moment, what makes it memorable, what makes it something that you're able to look back at 10 years and say, oh, I remember that or those moments. Um, how have you kind of created those moments here and there at eFuse? And um, w whether it's people looking in from the outside or with your employees, like are there a few things that you can kind of say, um, hey, like this was a big moment in our company or I, I was able to help facilitate this type of thing happening and, and you know, someone that's looking outside in at the company is, is able to see those cool moments. It's a really good question. I, I don't think those moments are something you can plan for. I think it's something mm -hmm. you set a foundation for and when they happen, you're like, man, that's, that's kind of crazy. So culture plays a big part in that, right? We, yeah. we all, all day, every day, say a couple sayings, stacking wins, impact of the North Star, um, virality and validation. Mm -hmm. How can we continue to use those sayings throughout the, the company? That helps create culture. When, the, when our team adopts that, it continues to spread. And when a moment happens and they've said that saying or, or had that mindset, that's one you look back on, right? So TP trials is one of those great ones, right? Mm -hmm. We always say relationships are greater than transactions. TP came to us and said, hey, I don't have a dollar for the transaction, but trust me, this is going to be a great relationship. We came to Herb, and Herb said, you know yeah. what? We value relationships over transactions. We're going to do this. We did it. Huge payoff. We never expected it, but it's one of those moments you look back, it's like, man, that's what it's about. We did mm -hmm. the right thing for the right person. We now have a great relationship with them. We executed it. It was a big day for our company. It's little things like that that you can look back on and, and you, you're, you're proud of, but it's also those that culture that you build and that foundation that you set and the stackings of the wins that you had that laid the framework for that, that key moment and that success. Same thing with the, the fundraiser we just did recently. We just raised six and a half million bucks um, to continue to take the, the company to the next level. And go, like we talked about earlier, but go one to 10. Mm -hmm. And that's a culmination of a lot of relationships being built of us executing and doing the right things um, that allowed us to do that. But that's a cool moment that you look at and it's that foundation that you said that led up to that. Yeah. And, and two, those um, few sayings that you have, and I kind of talked about it on the last podcast with Mike, but, you know, those things, I've heard them when I'm around you. And, I, I mean, I'm not around your company every day, but when we go out for dinner, we get drinks, hang out, whatever it is, those are still things that you're asking me about. Hey, did you stack wins today? Or, you know, um, are you valuing relationships over transactions? And whether it's in business or it's sitting at the bar talking to the person next to you, you know, those are important things to you, whether it's in business or not. And I feel like as a leader and, and as someone that people look up to in the company, you have to be able to not just bring those to work, but also bring those to everywhere else and every other facet of your life because it kind of bleeds in into everything and people can kind of understand or, or see through you when you might be being fake or you might only be bringing that to work. People can kind of see through that pretty quickly, right? For sure, and I think it's kind of funny that you say that, but I, I really, this is, and it's silly for me to even say it out loud, but I really feel this way that the values of eFuse are pillars of who I am and who Austin is, my co-founder, and who Patrick Klein is and who our CTO Patrick Schuff is. Mm -hmm. We embody those as people, and that trickles down to our organization. Our organization adopts that, or maybe they were already that, those pillars, and that's what builds company culture. You hire people that adopt those, that love those, and that embrace those, those pillars, and that's really what eFuse stands for. But another quote that I really appreciated and the way that I think about building culture within the company as a guy by the name of Tony Robbins, I'm not sure if you're oh, yeah. with him. So Tony yeah. Robbins had this saying, I think it was on his Netflix documentaries where I heard it, 
but he's talking about how he built himself up to be this, this, this person. And he had this quote of uh, saying that I built this MF, I built this motherfucker yeah. and this is who I am. And uh, in doing that, I've always thought about, okay, that's what I want to be like. What are the, what's the company I want to build? And I need to build myself to be that. Mm-hmm. So then I go and implement those practices in my life. I do the 30, 3.1 for 31, right? Yeah. That's stacking of the lens. I value relationships over transactions. I go to dinner with people that may not have any dollar amount for me, but that I love and that I want to be around. So how do I embrace those in my daily life? Um, that ultimately trickles down into to EFU. So random tangent, but just how I yeah, think about it. That's awesome. I love to hear that because it's so true. It's something that people don't think about a lot in whatever business they're in, whatever job they're in, you know. A lot of people can just kind of show up, go to work every day, nine to five, and you know, come home and not be the same person they were at work, or they bring home sometimes things from work to their family and whatever it is. Um, it it's important to to have that all in one and have those values throughout everything. I know that's something that you value in the company, but also in your employees and, and that they're bringing in as well to the company. And it's also freeing too. I think that's one thing I want to make note of is like. Early on, I felt like I was a bunch of different people. Like the people, I, the person I was around my family, the pe- the person I was around EFUSE, the person I was around some of the initial people I tried to get to invest in EFUSE. I felt like I was I was being a different person. I was putting on a different face, right? But the minute you can take off that that face mask and be the same person to everybody is the minute that you feel free and that you're just mm-hmm. able to be yourself and you feel much more confident. So having that kind of confidence can be important too. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, so to kind of wrap up here, you know, I, I usually have a few questions I ask, but since you're a friend of the program, we're going to tweak it a little bit. Um, but uh, in keeping with a book that you've read, what do you have a, a book you've read recently that you might want to shout out or since the last podcast that, that you've read that you've loved? I've read a couple, um, two that I've enjoyed. If you're interested in politics or you're interested in leadership, uh, I read Barack Obama's new book. I can't remember the name of it, but one that I re- read uh, most recently, that I thought was fascinating. I'm really big into to biographies and autobiographies. I read Matthew McConaughey's book, mm-hmm. Green Lights. It's basically like, what are my first 50 years of life and how does he think about it? And I, I, somebody I look up to, and I think he's got a lot of, a lot of passion for what he does yeah. and uh, is a great character. So I, I read his book, and it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend that. I need to read that, too, just because I was in Austin recently. But um, You need to listen to it. So he, he does an audio book, and he, nice. he's the one that reads it. And he, you, as you That's know, awesome. Matthew McConaughey is a great yeah. boy, so it's a, it's a really easy mm-hmm. listen. Well, and he's a guy, too, that, like we just got done talking about, he's a guy that um, has made things elsewhere outside of what his actual job is. And, and the culture that he embodies himself with doesn't just go to work and it goes into every other facet of his life. So yeah, I for sure need to check that out. It's a great book. Absolutely. Um, so I was listening back to the podcast today that we did. And the question I always ask at the end is what does success mean to you? And for all the ones so far, I've been able to ask that and get differing opinions. Um, but one thing I haven't had the chance to do is ask someone again and see if it's changed since the first time. In, in what success means to them. And I mean, I'll even say the last, on the last podcast, you said success to you was happiness and utility. And, um, and that's what you were looking to provide others with and, and, and to do with the talents you've been given. Has, has success and your mindset of success changed at all? I'm sure those are still things that are important to you, but is there things that have been added to that equation? That is like, 
pretty unbelievable to me and pretty fascinating because I just had a podcast three days ago and I was nervous when you were about to read it. I was like, man, I hope they have a change because I'm going to be embarrassed. <laughs> but I did a podcast three days ago and they asked me that same question. And when I answered it, I said it was a triad. I said it was happiness. I said it was utility. And I said it was raising others up around me. So I've, mm-hmm. and interestingly, I guess, I added that, that third one on and it's, it's that, that mentality of rising tides raise all ships. I want everybody that's involved with EFUSE to win at the end of the day, both monetarily from a, uh, an intelligence standpoint, from a growth standpoint. And that's mm-hmm. something that has been bringing me a lot of joy here recently. So I guess it could tie into happiness in theory, but it's still utility. It's still happiness. But I would add in that rising tides raise all ships. How do I bring others around me up along mm-hmm. the way? That's awesome. I, I love that. It, that's cool to see that um, success and what you view it as is just kind of adding on. It's not subtracting. So, yeah, Matt, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I love you and I appreciate the time. So looking forward to go grabbing a bite to eat and uh, let's keep stacking those wins. Love you, brother. And, and proud of you and all the success you've had in the pod. It's just getting just getting started. And I'm uh, really excited for the next couple of guests. So I appreciate you. Appreciate it.